What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thoughts. In this episode, I invited Vanessa Burden, a digital marketer, sharing her story about how she became one. Please share this with your friends, and I hope you enjoy this episode. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Um, I'm here. I'm very excited about this episode. I'm here with Vanessa Burden. Um, she's gained a pretty great following on TikTok. That's actually how I found her. And um, she's provided a lot of value for not only me, but a whole ton of people. But I mean, I'll let her introduce herself. Yeah. Hey, Coven. I'm really excited to be on the podcast today. Um, as you mentioned, I am a digital marketer and um, I'm on TikTok right now, which has turned out to be a massive uh, motivation for me to really lean into this whole digital marketing thing, um, making content, both video, video and like photo content, um, actually strategizing and whatnot. So it's been a blessing on TikTok. And it's always awesome to hear that uh, people find me through TikTok. And then it creates opportunities for both of us. So both of us now talking on this podcast and having this conversation. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. I'm really excited to be here today. Cool to hear that you found me on TikTok and uh, excited for the conversation in general. So um, how did you how did you first get on TikTok? Yeah, so I was an early adopter for TikTok. My little brother, he's 16 now, but when he was like 14 or 15, I think um, he downloaded the app. This was like around the time it was transitioning from Musical.ly to TikTok. Um, and he downloaded the app. He wanted to be an influencer on there, started posting content. So me being the good big sister that I am, I downloaded it um, to support him and then Basically, as everybody else gets roped into TikTok, I got roped in, thought, you know, some content was really funny. The algorithm is insane. It's super highly targeted and you really only see stuff that you want to see on there. Um, so it roped me in. I got a little bit addicted to it. And then um, in March of this year, I believe, uh, towards the end of March was when I started to actually push content of my own on the app. Um, and as you've mentioned, I mean, that took off pretty quickly for me. I think in my first month I gained, um, I want to say like 10,000 followers. Um, and that's the first time that on any platform, something like that has happened to me. Um, so saw the opportunity there and yeah, I've been on it ever since. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy how, how everyone's grown such a big following on TikTok. Yeah. Very easy, pretty fast. That's and yeah, it's 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 good for I mean, I think at the beginning you kind of like don't know what type of content you want to push out, so that's like the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. You definitely found um a great a great way to push out your content. You're into like digital marketing, which is what I'm into in and which mm-hmm. a lot of people are into. And it's it's kind of weird how it just like lands on your for you page and then you just become so interested and then you're just like keeping up with them. It's it's cool. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think the way that the algorithm, so you had mentioned a lot of people are building platforms that they likely wouldn't have been able to build on other platforms on TikTok specifically right now. And that's definitely credited to the algorithm. The algorithm on TikTok is like unforeseen. No other application, social platform, whatever has an algorithm that's catered towards visibility like that. And it is the truth. Like anybody can get on the app today and grow a platform. You really just got to put yourself out there and start posting. So what would you think would be the hardest part about getting into digital marketing? I think there's, of course, with any profession and any niche topic, whatever it is, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for you to get over. 
And one of the hardest things about digital marketing is it's not getting over that learning curve exactly because, of course, you have to climb it and whatnot. But to get over that, you have to actually execute these strategies and test things, which can end up costing you money. And unlike you paying for an education, going to college or paying for an online course, um, you're basically paying for you to test and, and see how different strategies play out so that you can begin to gain that experience, iterate strategies, really understand how different platforms function depending on what you want to market. So I think the hardest part is because anybody can really get on YouTube and start learning about digital marketing, but it's actually getting out there and doing it and creating those like avenues for you to start um, gaining that experience. And one avenue, so this is actually how I got into it. Um, I want to say like three years ago, I was learning about drop shipping and drop shipping is like a supply chain model, basically where you create a brand around a particular set of products, if not a single product. Um, you basically market that product. And then when somebody places an order, another fulfillment warehouse will fulfill that for you and ship it out for you. So I was learning about that model and how I can basically build a store around a single product. At the time, um, I wanted to do phone cases, which is a terrible idea, super, super oversaturated <laughs> market, but I didn't know what I was doing. I Everybody uses a phone case um, you know, at some point in their life. So I thought, great product. Um, there's definitely a market for it. So I was learning about it and then um, came across like stuff about Amazon. So there's a lot of different avenues that you can get into with digital marketing. Um, but basically, you learn about those types of things and then you want to start acting on them. You end up wasting a ton of money um, running ads and, and really trying to find your way with it. Um, and you can look at that in two different ways. Like you're paying for it as though you're wasting money doing it. Or you can look at it as if you're paying for your education, paying for data so that you could start to understand how these things function. Um, and I think a lot of people that want to get into digital marketing don't understand that that is what you're paying for and they see it more as that loss. So another point there, um, changing your mindset and, and approaching it with the appropriate mindset of your paying to gain this experience um, is going to be a positive. And I think a lot of people miss that at first, which makes digital marketing uh, negative right off the bat. Is digital marketing what like you first fell in love with or was there like a career before that? you felt was for you and then you transitioned into digital marketing? Yeah. So I was raised in a house where both my parents are entrepreneurs. They own their own businesses, but I was raised in a house <clears throat> where you go to college and you either become like a doctor or lawyer, that whole spiel, just because it's sound to go to school and to enter these professions. Cause you're in a way kind of guaranteed, um, you know, there's security in there with your uh, salary and all that. But <clears throat> Having that in the back of my mind, I have a few lawyers um, in my family and a judge, and I thought, you know, maybe that would be a good route for me to go. I can get into intellectual property, still work with startups or other companies of different sizes, and that would be a good way for me to channel into my passions of digital marketing while also having that like sound career and, and pleasing my parents at this point. Uh, so I actually was in law school for a year about, um, I don't want, I don't know how many months ago it was that I dropped out of law school, but it was this year in 2020. Um, towards the beginning of the summer that I dropped out. And I thought that that's what I was going to do for a long time, that I was just going to become a lawyer, work in IP, um, help people get patents and trademarks. And that was that. And I was lucky that that was around the time in March, like my second semester of law school, when I was contemplating, do I actually want to do this? That's when TikTok started to take off for me. And uh, through that, I realized that there were a lot of people that needed services in my knowledge and different avenues. So whether it was mentorship, whether they wanted me to help them with their digital strategy for marketing, 
or help them actually create content for their brand. I was just seeing a lot of different opportunities. So in my head, I was like, how can I monetize this? How can I make money off of this? If not directly monetization with TikTok, um, figuring out how I can get these clients that want my services to pay for something. Because at the time, I didn't have a, a product for them to buy basically from me. Uh, so with that opportunity, and then also around that time, um, Amazon FBA. So that is uh, basically a way that you can sell on Amazon. So what I do right now with that is I will take generic products, I'll brand them, and then I'll launch them on Amazon. With FBA, Amazon will hold your inventory and ship that out for you. So around that time, as well as when my FBA business started to take off, um, that was when I realized that I was going to do 70000 in revenue for a single product that year. And I was like, wow, like I'm getting this attention. I have people that want to pay for stuff. And then I'm also having this financial leeway now that I have FBA to kind of lean back on. So I don't really have to worry about where's my next paycheck going to come from yeah. is when I uh, was kind of ready to make that leap. Um, so I basically transitioned from was going to be a lawyer going to Syracuse College of Law up here in upstate New York to dropping out of that. Um, I'm in another program right now. I, I always wanted to get my master's degree. Um, and there is a school up here. It's called Newhouse. They're like the best communication school in the nation, if not internationally. Um, and it's a journalism and advertising school. And um, I'm in the master's advertising program right now. So huge transition for me. Uh, and, and I really credit to credit it to TikTok and being mm -hmm. able to see that opportunity as that played out in front of me. That's awesome. That's, that's literally amazing how you found like a whole different uh career to just love that's it's mm -hmm. amazing because a lot of people are just like stuck in like like this one career and then like they're not open to something else and then like years down the line they end up being unhappy in what they're doing yeah and that sucks i always i sympathize with people because i see it and i've seen it in other people that are still in the same path that they were in um in realizing that they didn't want to be doing what they were doing and it comes down to whether or not <clears throat> you're willing to take that risk. I just saw a quote by uh, Barbara. I never say her last name right, but Barbara from Shark Tank. I'm not even going to try. I don't want to push her. <laughs> um, she had posted something on her Instagram and it was like, you're um, like, you'll know you're ready to like leave your late, your day job when you have that appetite for risk. So I think a lot of people see that they aren't happy with their day job or whatever they're doing, but they don't have that appetite for risk because we're all taught and basically the school system sets us up to find that security. And the security comes from having a set job and not taking risks to begin with. Um, so it is sad that people don't really take the risk, but I'm glad that with my story um, and feedback from TikTok and sharing it with people that it has inspired some to make that leap. And I, I really do hope that in anybody that's hearing this story right now, that you can see the opportunity that can come up out of nowhere. Like I said, I was on track to be a lawyer months ago, like five or six months ago. And now I'm, I'm building an entire creative agency. I have a team of five people that are helping me do that. Um, and there's just so much opportunity in, in finding your passions. And I'm sure like people that are listening have at least a little bit of an idea of what your passion is. And then like honing in on it, taking that risk, allowing yourself to experiment post on TikTok, post on any platform. Like you really don't know where that, that opportunity is going to come from. So put yourself out there for sure. Yeah. that That's like a very, that's like an important part. Cause I know everyone, especially like entering college, you just like, don't, some people don't know what they're going to do. And it's just like really yeah. stressful. Yeah. And I think that uncertainty could be like a blessing or not a blessing. It really depends on like the outlook that you have and the perspective you're approaching it with. And uh, not knowing what you want to do is going to give you leeway to explore, which is always going to be a positive thing. And I always suggest to anybody that asks, like, oh, I have a general idea of what I want to do, but like, 
I have no idea really at the end of the day, like, is this really for me? Allow yourself to like explore the creative ends of anything that like sparks joy in you. So like if for whatever reason, I'll use myself as an example, you are excited when you watch like skateboarding videos. So that happened to me. I don't know why I don't want to ever like skate. I was never into like buying like a skateboard or whatever <laughs> to learn how to skate. But I loved watching like these compilations of like people skating um, stuff from like illegal civilization, which is like a skate group. I watched mid nineties, which like introduced me to a whole nother world of like skate culture. And, um, <clears throat> if I wouldn't have allowed myself to like explore that a little bit, cause it is weird. Like I'm not into like skateboarding, you know, like it's such a random thing for me to have been sparked with, you know, um, if I didn't have allow myself to like explore the culture behind that, I don't think I would have been where I'm at with digital marketing. Um, and I don't think I would have realized like I'm really into content creation, which is one thing that, that, is a pillar with my agency. So right now we're a creative agency and what I love doing is creating content. Um, and I, I really do credit it to like allowing myself to explore stuff like skate culture, um, buying myself a camera, like exploring the art that comes out of that type of culture and uh, basically exposing yourself to things that you wouldn't normally expose yourself to. So giving yourself the leeway to like chase the most random, like little sparks of joy that come throughout your life. That's where you're really going to find um, the stuff that, and it's going to get really detailed, you know, like it, there could be, you know, like very tiny things that you like out of something that um, you don't understand necessarily in that moment. Like, why am I enjoying this? But it is understanding like over time, those little details and what you are enjoying in the moment to become that big picture of, OK, I'm enjoying skate culture. But really what I'm liking is content creation. How can I monetize this? It's digital marketing and knowing how to strategize around that content. So really putting yourself out there. Like I, I tell that to everybody, allow yourself to explore the creative ends of whatever you're enjoying in the moment. And I think that's how you'll discover your passion for sure. Yeah. So you explained that you have like a mentorship program. How, mm -hmm. how did you start that? And do you still have it right now? Yeah. So I actually just ended the uh, official mentorship program that I had. So I had an entire uh, month long mentorship program for Amazon FBA. The reason I'm ending that is because my uh, creative agency is taking off a little bit right now. And I just need to open time to focus on that. Um, but I did have that. And essentially what I was doing was teaching people how to private label products on Amazon and then how to market them specific to Amazon's platform. So there's a lot of little moving parts and details with that. I don't want to get into like too much depth because I can go on and on and on and talk about that. <laughs> okay, but basically, like, how do you find a product that's viable um, that you can sell on Amazon? And then the different ways that you can brand that product if you're not that skilled with design. Well, you can use stuff like Canva, but you're limited with Canva. So how do you outsource that in an affordable way? Um, and then once you have that branding figured out, packaging your supplier, sourcing from overseas, if that's the way you want to go, figuring out customs and, and taxes and all of that, basically teaching them from, from product discovery to launching on Amazon with pay-per-click advertising on the platform itself. So that's the way Amazon allows people to advertise their product is through PPC. Um, so basically, yeah, like I said, from, from point A to point Z of you launching that product, my mentorship would cover that. And it was awesome. I really did enjoy doing that. But like I said, like it's coming to the point where I have to hire people to like distribute work too, because I can't handle everything that's on my plate. And because this mentorship is, is so it, the, the nature of it is the one-on-one, -on -one, um, aspects like getting on the phone with me being able to see your work and then you hearing engaging the way that my thought process is like working through these different products that's where you get the value out of it and I saw myself like tipping off with that because I just didn't have time to dedicate um to it the way that I did so it was more of a strategic move in the future I, I really teach TikTok 
or not teach, but treat TikTok as like a large scale mentorship just because my reach is so massive on that platform. And it has funneled people into like my Instagram DMs or my business email or whatever that want help. Um, and what I'm offering right now is if you reach out to me and tell me about your product, if we can figure out a way for you to like sign with the agency, you kind of get that one-on-one mentorship with me because we can continue to get on these like hour long phone calls during the week and I can help you launch your product while also creating content for you that is going to be diversified in so many different ways. Like once you have assets from the creative perspective, so like photo- photography, design, videography, you can diversify that in so many different ways. Like that's a long-term investment for your business. So I find value for potential people that are signing with the agency to do that. And it's another way for me to continue like one of my passions, which is teaching and, uh, and helping people um, understand digital marketing and business in general. That's so a lot of your content is amazing. And um, one thing that I like learned a lot is how much you talk about Canva. Canva, mm-hmm. like it's, it's crazy. Like I didn't even know about it until <laughs> I actually was watching your TikToks. And it's, yeah. it's literally crazy what you can do on there. And I use it a lot now to like produce like little content or little ads for other people or even for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it's been like the most useful thing. And I just remember that. So I want to thank you for that. because like that's something that i feel like a lot of people don't know Mm -hmm. but it it really works like it really like if you know how how you want to like you like you have the right creative process when trying to produce something it comes out really great yeah i totally agree and canva is an insane resource like just the free version of it right now i have the pro uh version because i'm working with them and that's like my incentive to continue to like create content with them um, so there are a lot of features that I've just discovered recently because I got access to that. But the free version is what I really talk about on my TikTok. And uh, it, there's just so much you can do with it, with, with, whether or not it's like branding, creating content, like creating a color palette, keeping track of your different assets. Like in itself, it's like a Google Drive. Basically, once you create that, like it's there for you to reference forever. Um, and it's just a great, great resource for sure. And the reason I do share Canva a lot, this is like a, a thing. And I guess this will be a tip for anybody listening that wants to like grow your own TikTok. I love sharing Canva because of how accessible it is. Like you just shared your story, Kelvin, about how you didn't know about it, but now you can just hop on there and like create an asset in the matter of minutes. Um, and the reason I love sharing that type of content is because it's accessible to everybody, whether or not you know what Canva is, like you're going to discover another feature of it in my TikToks or whatever other resource I'm sharing. And then that's going to become an asset to you and your business. So uh, my tip to anybody that wants to like start, you know, posting on TikTok, whether it's like for a personal brand, what I'm doing or, a, you know, actual brand, your company, whatever it is, um, post valuable resources and think of ways that like your audience can go ahead and use these resources and then come back for more content in the future. That's a really great way to growth hack on TikTok. And um, I mean, Kelvin, you can attest to it. Like it works. You found value in that post. I posted about it so many times Um, and I plan to continue posting resources like Canva for sure. So how, as a digital marketer, how is, how is your creative process when you're about to like enter like a project? Yeah, I love to have long meetings with my clients so that we can really ham out the strengths in their branding um, and their business model, revenue model, whatever it is, and their product, as well as their weaknesses. Like I want them to be as transparent as possible with me. You're not marketing your product to me. I want to know what's wrong with your product so that we can figure out how best to market that. Um, And then understanding the brand itself is going to help me emotionally market your product. So 
what type of brand do you want to be like? Uh, what are the pillars of your branding? What type of customer do you want to attract to your service or your product or whatever it is? So that's the very initial stage, understanding exactly what is going on with this business and opening the door for that transparency, making them feel really comfortable. And that's a pillar in my agency as well as I love to have conversations with these companies. I don't want them to just go on the website and like fill out a form. I want to like talk to you, like see your facial expressions. Cause that's really where I'm going to gauge and understand like how you're approaching your product. And that's going to help me market it in the future. So initial step is, is opening that conversation and allowing people to be transparent in front of me, making them feel comfortable. And then the, the next thing is really strategizing digitally. I want to see what they have going on, um, doing market research, seeing what's worked for other brands and what's failed for other brands. And then um, hard strategizing and responsibly strategizing for different platforms at that point. Once we have the strategy hammed out, and this is usually like overlap, like it's not like like step one, two, and three. Um, things kind of overlap and happen as they happen naturally. But I'll start shooting content, both video and, and photo content, um, building a home studio right now, actually, in our office. And um, just once we have that strategy, that'll help me understand exactly what content we need. So then it moves to the content creation part. And then the agency itself, I had mentioned that that I have a team um, and I'm hands on with this type of stuff, but I like them to have the autonomy for them to do their thing. Um, so we'll have conversations, but they'll mainly handle this. But we also do uh, offer like a PR, so a public relations service, getting some brand awareness for you and, and publishing your story amongst other things in different media outlets. Um, what I love about that is hearing like the story itself from the brand and figuring out what are the best outlets that we can get them on. Um, as well as like, like, um, branding services. So this is really for the, our brand identity specialist. He'll handle this very well, but understanding like what the transition is going to be from whether you have a brand and you're rebranding, like, why are you rebranding and, and really hamming that out? What's that going to look like? And, um, also understanding, like, if you haven't built your brand yet, how can we build a brand that really reflects your product and is going to be attractive to the consumer because that at the end of the day is going to be really important. You need to have an alignment with your brand and your product and your consumer. This way, all of those kind of mix together and it's sort of funneling in different ways for different um, avenues of traffic to understand what you're selling. Um, so that's basically the process there. I mean, like I said, there's overlap. So there isn't really like a, a one, two, three, this is exactly what I do. But uh, I mentioned earlier, my favorite part of all of this is creating content and um, sending that to the client and seeing their reactions as well, because it's usually very positive. And I've seen that in other ways too. I was a photographer um, doing random like photo shoots and whatnot about like two years ago, I want to say. And I think that also sparked joy in there. So as much as I can create content and show them um, to the clients, as well as like rolling that out in page strategy and organic strategy and seeing those results come in, um, I love doing that. And then at the end of that, so the, the creative process um, continues uh, as long as we're looking at data as well, um, trying to remarket and iterate that strategy dependent on, how, on like how people are reacting to what we're doing currently. And then um, when we're remarketing and like re-strategizing for content creation itself, it's a bit of a challenge. I always say I'm a grumpy director, a creative director, because I really care about like what I'm doing. And when we're remarketing, I always get grumpy because I just want things to be like, like perfect. Um, and I know for anybody that's working with me, like it's probably annoying, but I'm also really transparent about that and let them know beforehand, like this is the type of director I am and I'm going to get a little grumpy, but um, you just got to work with it. But yeah, when we're remarketing, like that's when the passion for me comes out, um, making sure everything's good and uh, getting the strategy to roll out at that point. So how do uh, does having such a big platform get you a lot of clients or you do you usually reach out to these clients? 
So as of right now, the client list that we have, it's all been um, discovered through TikTok and they've reached out to me, which has been a blessing. We haven't had to pay for paid traffic um, and to generate these leads just yet. Something that I do want to do is start to reach out to local brands that we can expand our reach because it's great that stuff's funneling through um, our social channels or my social channels right now. But I want to get more work for the team as well to the point where um, everybody that's in the core team that has like a managerial position can sort of take their client list and do their own thing. And then we'll reconvene as a team at the end of the day and like go over the strategy and whatnot. Um, so as of right now, it's been funneling through my TikTok, but that is something that we're considering in the next couple of months as we launch. So we haven't hard launched just yet. Um, the client work that we're doing right now is pre-launch. So it's been a lot of clients that I've rubbed in from my experience um, or my work before wanting to brand this agency and now distributing that work and new clients that have signed to the agency at this point before we've actually launched. But when we do launch, that's going to be something that I want to do is start to cold call businesses and um, expand our reach that way, because it'll just give us more avenues of finding client work and having more clients sign with the agency. But it's been crazy with TikTok, people coming into like my DMs and basically getting funneled to my DMs. I've had companies as big as Canva, as big as ClearBank, like DM me and reach out to me to start working um, specific to content creation and uh, digital strategy using TikTok and other avenues. Um, TikTok's huge right now. <clears throat> a lot of companies that aren't on there are looking for an expert that can like get them on there successfully. So with some of these bigger companies, Canva and whatnot, Canva's more so just content creation right now. But with ClearBank, I'm helping them run their TikTok. Um, and I'm hoping that future companies, like I don't care what size they are, will continue to funnel and ask for these very niche specific projects because what the agency offers really is full service, but we can get as specific as, okay, you want to start doing lead generation from TikTok specifically. We can figure that out, how to track that, how to make sure traffic is coming from TikTok specifically, um, looking at different events, um, installing different pixels. Like basically the data infrastructure for them is going to be the biggest thing, um, but we can get like really specific with what we offer. And that so far has funneled through our TikTok channels. Do you usually, like, when you talk to a client and you break down what it is that you can do for them, is mm -hmm. it, like, a sort of, like, a package sort of service? Yeah, so we have three tiers right now. What we offer, full service, is including everything. Like, you can get branding services if you want. Um, a lot of companies don't need, like, full-on branding services, but what we like to do is create like a brand identity sheet as well as a brand book for them to have and like pass off to shareholders or like future investors this way that they can have a singular place where they can explain their branding um, as well as PR and digital strategy and content creation. And then the uh, lower two tiers, second one would be we're just strategizing, um, creating content and, and basically deploying that for you. So executing the strategy itself with content creation. And then the lowest tier is just the strategy. We'll create the strategy for you. We'll have a, a meeting about that. And then we hand that off to you and you go do your thing. Um, that doesn't include content creation. So people are incentivized to go with the content because strategy does come with the content itself and what you're posting. And then, like I said, we do have like niche project services, and this is really based on um, what people are looking for in the moment. So right now we're working with a company based in UK, as an example, the UK as an example, they, they want to expand to the US by January or February. They're doing very well right now over there. 
um, but they're not ready to do that full on expansion and they don't need marketing services right now for their paid strategy because it's working very well for them. So we ended up finding out, okay, well, how can you sign with the agency now so that we can start to plan for this um, strategy in January and start to generate leads. So basically getting our feet wet right now with them and um, them getting their feet wet with us and what we can do with them. And right now we're just doing TikTok specifically. So it can get super niche. And that's why I like to have that conversation as opposed to like, okay, you go to burdenagency.com, you see we have these different tiers of service, like, and then you check out. I would rather talk to you about how we can get you started like right now so that we can start building that momentum because it all becomes an aggregate effort, right? If this person wants to launch whenever, there's a lot of preliminary stuff that we can be doing that's going to help the agency be in the loop and further understand what you have going on. And building that relationship over the long term is just going to help us collaboratively um, in the future, trying to figure out what we can and cannot do and what's going to align best with that particular brand service or whatever it is. How would someone go about getting into this career? Like they're just finding out uh, what digital marketing is. How would they get into this career? Yeah. So I always suggest doing it the way that I did it. So I was in college at the time. I was an undergraduate student at Florida State University studying literature um, and like I, I had mentioned, I was into um, like drop shipping and whatnot, just learning about that in general. So my suggestion to you is to get on like YouTube, start listening to podcasts, like listen to this episode. This is value in itself. Um, and, and just basically consuming content as quickly as you can, because that's going to help you start to climb that learning curve. So I was talking about this in the very beginning of the episode. You have to start climbing that learning learning curve, like understanding the terminology, the different avenues that you can market with, the different types of digital marketing, because there are many different avenues that you can go down and then executing that. So my tip to you, because it's, it's very easy to get on and start consuming content, starting to learn, read books, whatever. Um, reach out to people that are doing what you want to do. So digital marketing specifically in the industry um, and ask them if you can get on a call and start to talk to them. That's going to help you build mentorships that are going to help you in the long term. So for an example, for me, me building these mentorships, like I've been on the phone with some insane people, early investors in stuff like HubSpot, like basically people that I would never in my life would have met and been connected with, but I met them digitally because I took that step to like reach out. They were doing what I wanted to do and I uh, made the initiative to reach out to them. And they have helped me tremendously in many different ways, whether or not it's like a specific tip for a marketing campaign I have going on, or it's just a tip in general on how to grow in this industry, how to continue to network and meet the next uh, step and stage of people that you can get connected with. Um, but once you do that, reach out to people on like Instagram, use LinkedIn, leverage that um, and look at what people's experiences are. I also think you need to deploy and execute this strategy. So this is what I, I mentioned earlier. Um, finding ways that you can practice. That's going to be the most experience that you're going to get. Like, it doesn't matter how many books you read about marketing. If you don't do it, you're not a digital marketer. You're not out there actually doing it just yet. Um, and different ways you can gain this experience is by flipping books, flipping different small items that are going to have a low barrier of entry and low startup costs so that you don't have to have thousands of dollars saved up to do this thing, but you can go out and I'll use this as an example. When I first got started, selling on Amazon, I was selling used books and, and calculators. What I was doing is um, I was taking books that I have now, checking whether or not they are profitable. And I was putting aside books that weren't profitable to go and trade in at this nonprofit called the Free Little Library, I think it is. Um, and basically what you do is you take these books that you don't want. And usually the books that aren't profitable are great books. They're bestsellers. And the reason they're not profitable is because they've been printed so many times. They just 
there isn't much value in them. Um, so it's not like you're giving books and taking books that nobody um, wants, or you're taking books that people want, giving books that nobody wants. That's not the case. You're basically giving a book that that somebody may want and training it in for a book that may be profitable for you. And that costs me no money except for maybe gas to travel to and from um, these free little libraries. So finding avenues that are going to cost you little to no money so that you can start executing um, and testing these different things that you're learning about. And then that's going to build, your knowledge is going to start to build um, and you will be ready to expand. You can even save up money, which is what I did to get into FBA. When I was selling these books, I wasn't spending money to go out with my friends. Like I was putting that aside so that I did have that startup capital to start launching products and all that. So um, planning for the future, I, I'll set this up in steps so that we can recap really quickly because that was a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, consume a ton of content, like listen to podcasts, watch stuff every single day, read books, whatever. Uh, reach out to people that are doing what you want to do. That's going to be a great way for you to get your foot in the door and then to start building those connections that will be insane. I promise you in the future, you just got to get started doing it today. Um, and then executing what you're learning about, finding these ways that, um, like I just mentioned, don't really require much capital to start, but will allow you to get your feet wet basically in digital marketing and to start gain that, gaining that experience. Do you think um, that going and pursuing a degree in marketing would make you more, um, I guess, how do you say it? I guess more more knowledgeable about what it is the, the the job is? I think it depends on what you want to do and what program you're in. Um, I have a background in business. I did minor in business in undergrad. I only took one marketing class specifically then. Um, and it was like an intro to marketing, like nothing super intense there. Um, and I remember with that class and this is, and I'll leave this into my experience now in this advertising program as a master's student, back when I was taking that marketing class, I think I was like probably a senior in undergrad. Um, I was, I remember sitting there like, wow, like I literally read a book about marketing like a month ago and it covered everything that I'm paying for in this class. So the tip there is that, you know, you have all of these different avenues that you can go down um, in learning marketing. Think of the ways that are going to be most financially uh, uh, responsible for you and what makes sense for you. And this will lead me now into talking about uh, being a student at Newhouse and studying advertising. I'm having the same exact experience with a lot of my beginner courses. There isn't anything that is like out of the loop that I haven't done already. And I'm finding that my knowledge is years ahead of what all of these students that I am connected with right now are. And um, that's not a negative thing because I am enjoying, mark, uh, you know, basically networking with my classmates and, and finding out what their interests are, and what they're doing with their lives with this advertising degree. Um, but the value that I'm really finding in this program that's making it worth my money is the fact that it's Newhouse and there is an extensive successful network of alumni that I have direct connection to right now that also want to help me out. So my tip to you, you could learn everything you want to know about digital marketing without paying a dime to anybody, um, including online courses, not even talking about college, like actually buying somebody's course. Like all the information that you need to know is on YouTube somewhere. I always say that. I've made TikToks about it as well. Um, but then maybe considering that next step, well, okay, if you want to get your master's degree like me, like I was going to get my master's degree somewhere, it makes sense for me to do it at this program because I'm finding so much value out of it. Um, so looking at your own, there isn't really a set answer there. I'm anti-course because I think everything's online that you can find it anywhere. Um, and I'm pro-college just because I've been to college. But I know that I didn't need to go to college to 
you know, have the knowledge that I do might have needed to, needed to go to college to be connected with the people that I'm connected with right now. So there are the pros and cons there. Um, if you want to build a network of people really quickly, college is a great way to do that. But you can also do that on your own time, literally reaching out to people on TikTok, reaching out to people on Instagram, on all these different social platforms. Um, and you can build your network that way. So it really depends on what you want to do. Um, I know that wasn't like a set answer, but that's just my experience with it. And um, I honestly think anybody that's not in college, don't feel like you have to go to college to learn about digital marketing. If you're already there, um, get your degree. You're already there. You might as well finish it. That's very true. That's very true. Where do you see yourself like five, 10 years from now? Oh, I really, really want to scale my company, um, Burden Agency right now. I see myself as the creative director there um, and continuing to do this on a larger scale. My dream is to um, direct a Super Bowl commercial, which would be insane. Um, right now, we're not doing TV, but that's something that I am um, actively looking to expand into and continuing to scale upwards right now. I've really built the base for this agency. Um, we have a team right now that they're all experts in their own individual fields, and they're all very motivated to help grow Burden Agency as a startup. But beginning to scale out that way um, and scale upwards, so getting more clients as well as growing the team, um, that's where I see myself in the future is uh, growing and scaling the agency. And then um, I don't know if this will happen within 10 years, but one thing that I want to do for sure is to be like an associate professor that comes back and teaches courses. I would love to do that at Newhouse. Um, and that really stemmed from I've, I've taught an undergraduate course about startups and like finding funding and doing research, market research and all of that. And I really did love doing that. So I would love to continue to do that in some capacity in the future as I continue to grow. Um, and I've considered myself and always will consider myself a forever student. So even in 10 years, 15 years until the day I die, I honestly do think I'll continue to learn about digital marketing. Um, so I do plan to continue to be a student at that point as well. Wow, that that's amazing! Super Bowl commercial. I, I, that's the first one I've heard. <laughs> it would be really awesome. I love, and this has been a thing since I was younger. Um, I and I had always been trying to figure out like why am I so intrigued of watching like different videos and imagining people watching them and their reaction to them. I would watch like random travel montages and sequences on YouTube. And I would imagine like if I made this and sent this to my friends, like how would they react to it? And I think that that growing up and having that reaction is really transferring to photo and video content that I'm creating. And on a large scale, which is why this is my dream, the Super Bowl, like that is massive, you know, and it would be insane to have that many eyes on my content. And then of course, to be working with companies that can um, afford to have that avenue as an advertising stream so actually being you know paying for that that time slot for the super bowl would be insane so you're also you're also interested in video content mm -hmm. and how, how how do you get into that like is it is this like like how do you get into the creative process of video content yeah. So learning about different initial steps in planning, um, you know, a video ad. So different things like writing a script, creating a storyboard, being able to plan your shots, what type of shots they are. So learning like preliminary knowledge about filmmaking in general um, is going to help anybody that wants to get into it. And that's how I got into it as well. Um, and I'll give a suggestion right now, actually. Um, on YouTube, there are a few people. Daniel Schiffer is one that I watch. He's really great for creative directing for advertising specifically and shooting um, product commercials on a, on a smaller scale because I think he only does digital marketing for like social platforms right now. And then doing that maybe on a little bit of a larger scale. I think his name is Austin Paul. 
um, on YouTube. So you can just by watching people go through their own creative processes, like see the way that you can plan these videos and then understanding the equipment as well. Um, everybody has like a phone right now that probably has like HD capability, if not 4K. I met somebody the other day that has an 8K phone, which is insane to me. Um, wow. And they're just they're You don't need to have like insanely expensive equipment, which is the misunderstanding a lot of the times when it comes to video content. Not only do you need, you know, like a DSLR as a minimum, you'll need all of these different lighting avenues. You'll need a backdrop. You're going to need to have a studio. That's not necessarily the case. I'm upgrading my studio right now because I have the capital to do that. But before I was creating video content literally by just planning with what I had, you know, and I had a, I'm lucky I have an iPhone right now. I think the iPhone 11 has like 4K capability. Um, I have a DSLR an M50. So I have a little bit of, of uh, equipment there with like a mirrorless camera as well. Um, and I have a lot of leeway with that, but I could honestly do everything that I wanted to do with my phone, not including stuff that um, re revolves around having like a low aperture lens. So very briefly, low aperture, think of like those really crispy shots where the entire background is blurred and blown out. Um, and you just see the person's face. The iPhone, you can't really get that feel unless you download like third-party apps, which in my experience crash very often. Um, but even if you wanted that, like you can go and buy the Rebel T6 and get the, I forgot the name of the lens, but I have a lens that has a low aperture. So like F1.8 it goes to. Um, and that's not necessarily built for video, but you can make still shots with that. So just playing with your, your stuff there, learning about, like I said, storyboards, how do you plan an ad? Cause that's gonna help you more efficiently get the shots that you need, which is gonna help you in post-production when you're actually putting that together, you'll have everything you need there. Um, and then also understanding like color grading and all of that. There's a lot of, there's a huge learning curve that you have to get over a lot of stuff you have to learn. You have all of these tips, you know, learning about them individually in the long term. it's aggregate knowledge at the end of the day and you can get creative with it, which is why I love videography, um, maybe even more so than photography, because there is movement in the like actual movement. Of course, in photography, you can mimic that movement. Um, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that. But uh, with videography, there's actual movement. It's easier to tell a beginning, middle and end story, this typical story structure there. Um, and there's just a lot you can do with it. So I'm very passionate about it. <clears throat> Anybody that wants to get into it, like just same tip, consume content, learn about the equipment you need and get out there with your phone and start recording because that's going to be the way that you understand your own creative process and the way that you can work through um, exactly what you want to create and what you're visualizing in your head. Wow. Okay. I just want to say this is probably the most valuable episode I've ever done. Damn. Um, <laughs> which it's it's amazing because I hope everyone enjoys this episode because there's like a lot of valuable information if you're trying to get into digital marketing, video content, all sorts of things. I really mm -hmm. appreciate you coming on for that. Yeah, I appreciate you for inviting me too. I love, I actually, <clears throat> right before I hopped on here, I posted a story um, about how we're about to record this podcast. And uh, that's, this is what I love is having these conversations because it facilitates that value, right? And I, honestly, like, I'm not even trying to give value. Like, I'm just talking about my experience and what I've told other people and what has worked for me and other people as well. Um, and like, just a tip for the future too, like, like, facilitate these conversations like Kelvin invited me on this podcast and it ended up turning up and or turning into what it turned into you never know by reaching out to whomever like what valuable conversation you're going to have what tips you're going to have and uh, I truly do hope that everybody that tuned into the podcast today um, did get that value out of it because I love sharing it sharing my experience and and helping people grow in that way thank you literally thank you thank you for coming on um 
So I always do this one thing at the end of the episode where I ask the person something interesting that no one knows about themselves, just so, you know, they know a little more about you. Okay. Something interesting about me that yeah. no one knows. Okay. Let me think. Oh, um, it's always such a hard question. I love these questions at the end of podcasts because I always get my brain <laughs> jogging. Um, oh man, nobody knows about me. Well, I feel like we can talk about this really quick. I feel like a lot of people assume, um, my like background and my nationality, they think that, or like ethnicity, whatever it is. A lot of people think that, um, I am like Hawaiian or some sort of like Asian, um, background and I'm actually Puerto Rican and German. My dad has blonde hair and like blue eyes. My mom is like basically a black Puerto Rican woman that was born in, and raised for a little while in Puerto Rico. I think a lot of people don't know that like I'm mixed and that that's my actual background. So, and that's something that I don't share because it doesn't come up organically um, a lot of the times. And the reason I know people assume that I'm uh, Hawaiian is because they've told me, like they've literally told me up front, like I literally thought <laughs> we were Hawaiian. It's like, that's pretty cool. I, <laughs> if I was going to like lie about being anything, I'd, I think it would be being Hawaiian. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. For sure. Thank you for having me, Kelvin.